We're now less than three weeks to March. That's kind of unreal to me. But with that, by the way, of course, the tournament and baseball season's not that far away. That means you should be listening to Fantasy Baseball today if you are not already. Frank Stampful, Scott White, and Chris Towers are doing position previews for the rest of February to get you ready for draft season. Five episodes per week. Fantasy season is right around the corner. You can find Fantasy Baseball today wherever you listen to Ion College Basketball Podcast. But they're now also streaming the show live on video weeknights at 10 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Baseball Today YouTube channel. All right. Weekend show. Let's get to it, GP. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Friday, February 12, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black man in Orlando is here with me in dead leg. I got some rough news to deliver. It pertains to the top of the Pac-12 standings. Cronin the Destroyer, Mighty Mick and his Bruins, no longer in first place in the Pac-12. It was a rough night for Reeve Nelson's alma mater at Washington State. Final score, Washington State 81 UCLA 73. So the Bruins are now 13 and 5 overall, 9 and 3 in the league. Meantime, USC, led by the Mobley brothers, 16 and 3 overall, 10 and 2 in the league. Here's the question Is Mick Cronin suddenly at risk of not winning the Pac 12 Coach of the Year award for the first time since arriving in Westwood? Oh, he's he's certainly at risk. And he's also oh, at risk Jesus. of having his own. God. He's at risk of having his own home court. Get renamed Andy and Amanda Enfield Court and Nell Wooden. Hashtag Nell can stay. Nell can stay. She can stay. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't, she's not responsible for those John Wooden losses. She it's had not nothing her fault. to do with that. It's, it's not her fault whatsoever. How about this? How about leading with a little Pac 12 action here for you? Okay. So, a West it's Coast. It was a busy night in the Pac 12 last night. It was. It, it, it Busy, notable Pac 12 listeners out on the West Coast getting a little morning pod action. We're starting with your league, okay? League of, league of Champions. Well, I don't know about that, but that's what they're rolling with. Um, UCLA, let me start with UCLA because it's lost three of its past four. The only win is by five at home over Oregon State. And to lose, granted, I know it was a road loss, but still. If you're Mick Crony, you don't, you don't lose at Washington State, okay? That's just that's not something you put on your dossier. My, it, my buddy, my buddy Ian Furness, who does radio in Seattle, and I join him every Thursday. He he accurately noted, Mick Cronin is now zero and two in Pullman, Washington. Okay. It's become his own personal pinnacle bank up there. It's like it's like it's like Mick Cronin goes to Pullman, and it and it feels like pinnacle. It's tough. It's a tough situation. This, of course, isn't accurate because Pinnacle Bank, everyone wins there except Nebraska, but we'll keep rolling with the bit here. UCLA right now, 13-5, and 9-3 in the league. I'd say 8 seed right now. Still firmly in the field, but losses to Stanford, USC, Washington State as of late. Has Washington on Saturday. Got to win that game. Um, so that stood out to me more than anything else. But I, I will note... Um, that USC continues to look tremendous. I would put USC on the four line as of today, heading into the weekend. And we'll get more of this in the final four and one. I'll be intrigued to see if USC is, in fact, one of the uh, top 16 seeds per the selection committee, which is uh, actually meeting in person uh, in advance of the uh, the Saturday bracket reveal. But at 16-3, and three, USC has one loss in the year 2021. It was at Oregon State, believe it or not. Their other loss came uh, most recently on December 31st against a good Colorado team. Trivia time! Okay. Oh, gosh. Listen, I know you are... (laughs) 
How's that second vaccine shot working out for you? Because when I drop a trivia time on you, you're just like, okay, okay. And this time, you listen back, you'll, you went, okay. You don't Orlando, okay? How are we doing you have, no, you have no idea what what's going on down here in the South. <laughs> First of all, you got the light. We're not yet on video. People don't know this. You can. You normally are in the dark. Now you look like you're getting interrogated in a 1987 cop show with this bright light on. You're sitting in the dark. I don't even know what's going on. How you those doing? are my those are my television lights. All right. Those are, that's my CBS Sports Network lights. I only turn one on. I don't want to do. But I didn't want to be completely in the dark. But so I just turn one on, and it does look. It's shining right on me. It's yeah. kind of ridiculous. But so, I'm comfortable with it. I told you, I'm not okay with above. The head lighting, like in your ceiling, but lamps and l- mobile lights, I can candles, I can deal with all uh, of that. Candles, like an MTV unplug set, is that what we're rocking with here? Who did candles for an NP- MTV unplug set? Allison Chains, Nirvana, the whole deal, man. You know, you know the whole scene. Anyway, how's that? How's that vaccine shot going? Okay, on you? you have no idea what's going on in the south. We are currently in the midst of an ice storm. Oh yeah, that's right. Strong jaw been layered in it over in Oklahoma. Now it's made its way to you. It, uh, we are in a ice storm right now. So you and I podcasted on Wednesday. Ice storm expected to arrive Wednesday night around 9 p.m. It was roughly 5 p.m. on Wednesday. Right in the middle of a live radio show, I get the phone call. Oh, boy. From the state of Mississippi. Not good. They said because of the <laughs> weather, your second vaccination has been postponed. I will not be fully vaccinated now. Until next Saturday, I'm. You're still talking to a half vaccinated man. You just got, you just got the college basketball postponement treatment. You're like Michigan right now. I'm basically like I'm like I'm. I feel like I'm a Wolverine. I'm 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 on pause. You're on pause. I'm on, I'm on COVID pause till next Saturday. I was try. I all I wanted to do was wake up yesterday morning, go get a second shot, and then I just wanted to gather with strangers. I, I wanted to spend my entire weekend gathering with strangers, fully vaccinated. Now I can't do it. Now I have to sit at home. Can I be completely honest with you as a friend right now? I mean, sure. You look horrendous. Like it looks like that. It looks like this no vaccine situation has really been wearing on you the past day or so. Well, no, let, let me tell you. Let me tell you what's really been wearing on me the past day or so. I had to wake up yesterday morning, not get vaccinated, deal with my kids. Okay, which is just like this is how you look when you deal with kids. <laughs> oh, I know. And, and then it's and then do the top twenty-five and one, and then prepare for radio, and then record radio early. Don't tell anybody it wasn't actually live yesterday. Record radio early, do a CBS Sports Network conference call, and then be on TV till after midnight last night. Then spend till about two in the morning prepping for this stupid podcast, and then waking up at like. 7.30 to finish prepping for this stupid podcast. Oh, I wrote a column about Duke. We'll get to that in a minute, too. So uh, you're looking at a half-vaccinated man, a disappointed half-vaccinated man who slept maybe four and a half hours. How about it, man? Wow. Well, eventually, I'm uh, just, to be, just as a reminder here, I'm months away from this. I'm a zero-vaccinated man, months, months away, and only seven years younger than you. So it's all... <sighs> It's all relative, right? All a matter of perspective there. You come to Mississippi. Come to Mississippi. I can get you hooked up. I have, I actually have a vaccine connect. Like I got people working on vaccine appointments for me. It's like I'm a drug dealer, but I'm dealing <laughs> vaccines, but I don't sell them. I just give them away. Yeah, that's, uh, you're working on something special over there. Okay. I have, pe- I have people at the, vac- at the vaccine uh, vaccination location. On the corner? 
work in the corners? They, yeah, and they, and they will tip me off. Hey, we've got we got a hundred uh, appointments opening up in fifteen minutes. I got this whole thing wired down here. <laughs> if you want to get vaccinated, come down here. I got the whole thing wired. <laughs> You're amazing right now. Oh my gosh. All right. So eight more days to go. My sincere apologies. I'm sure everyone that would love to get a vaccine listening to this podcast, extremely eager that has not even gotten the first shot is really uh, breaking. I offered one to Jim Spinarkle yesterday on a CBS sports network <laughs> conference call. He was asking if CBS had any, um, you know, if, if CBS had, if, if, if employees were going to be prioritized, we were told we're not, we're not. We're no better than NBA players. But I told Jim Spernarco, I said, Jim Spernarco, come down to Mississippi. I get you, I get you two shots, no problem. I think I had a trivia time like three and a half minutes ago. So back oh, to yeah, it. trivia time, trivia time. Trivia time. Okay, 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 okay. Colorado leads the nation. If you read the court report, you know the answer to this, but you didn't read it, so you don't know it. It's fine. Colorado leads the nation right now in foul percentage. Colorado got a win at Stanford, and I'll get to Stanford in a minute, on Thursday night, 69-51. Good road win for the Buffs. They're 16-5 and right now, clearly in the field, and uh, might be tracking to a pretty good seed. So they are making 83% of their free throws. If they can keep that pace, that will be a Division I single-season team record. What team, I won't ask you the year, but what team holds the all-time single-season free throw shooting mark? UMass Lowell, Elvis. No, but since you're not going to get it, how about this? You throw a dart, you're in the neighborhood. Harvard, 83-84. 82.2% is the single season mark. Colorado cruising, 83 flat right now. Fun little thing to, to keep an eye on there. And by the way, if you're that good at the foul line, it actually can make a difference down the stretch. Close games, get those wins, get a good seed. Tournament time, tight first round game, tight second round game. Foul shooting might wind up being a huge thing, so keep an eye on the buffs who... Uh, who continue to do well, and they're one of the good stories in that conference. McKinley Wright, the fourth, Evan Batty, wonderful players there, and they are they are rolling there for Stanford. That's that's that hurts. Uh, Palm will update his bracket later on Friday. He hasn't that I've seen as of us recording this podcast. Stanford's twelve and eight, and I don't think that it's in the field right now. In fact, I'd be one hundred percent confident it doesn't deserve to be in the field. It plays at home against Utah on Saturday. Uh, that is a must-win situation for a Cardinal team that still doesn't have its full complement of players back. Been told that is supposed to be happening pretty soon there. Uh, so keep an eye on that as well. And then last thing, and then GP take it away here since we're just talking Pac-12 overall. Oregon wins at. One of the most disappointing teams in the country, Arizona State. Oregon gets to 11-4. and four. Uh, Chris Duarte was back. They've got Will Richardson in the lineup. Arizona State didn't even make it a game. Uh, it's now 6-9, and nine, and that was a team that some thought was going to be the most talented and successful in the league. It's it's not that at all. So Oregon putting itself in a good position to uh, to make the, uh, the NCAA tournament. GP, I'd look at it like this right now. In fact, I talked about this on Friday morning on HQ in the 8 a.m. hour. USC's in. UCLA easily tracking, Colorado easily tracking. Then Oregon's in right now. Stanford's got a fighting chance. That's it. Five teams. It'll, it can be a five-bid league. It could be as low as a three-bid league. Mark me down for a four-bid Pac-12 here. Arizona would be in the picture if it, if it didn't have a self-imposed postseason ban, but it does. Everyone else, they're too far outside the picture, and I don't see them rallying, barring, obviously, a uh, miracle run in the Pac-12 tournament to get the auto bid. You bring up Oregon. Right now, their Ducks are a double-digit seed, according to Jerry Palm. They're 11-4 overall, 6-3 and three in the Pac-12. They've played 15 games. Five of the top six scores have missed at least two. Will Richardson has missed 12. 
in Folly Dante is done for the season, so he'll never be back. I mean, he might be back next season, but he's done for 2020-21. But the top five scores are healthy right now. They all played Thursday night. Oregon, put this down as a prediction, Oregon is going to be one of the few teams that is favored as a lower seed in the round of 64. I could see it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not going to have a good enough seed. Probably they're going to be a ten, they're going to be a ten seed favorite over a seven by four points. Could definitely be the case there. I agree with you. Eugene Omoruyi has come on strong as of late. Really, uh, he's a joy to watch. I, I, hard working player, and b- between him, Duarte, LJ Figueroa, who is not, he hasn't ascended the way they expected to. But I, I agree with you on on whole here. Plus, Will Richardson getting into the fold. Uh, they have the talent. I addressed that also in the court report on Thursday. I had a reader ask me to kind of identify a couple of bubble teams that really are setting themselves up well to turn the corner as we head to the end of February. And I identified three of them. One of them, in my opinion, was Oregon. I think that they are set up really well. Um, and you could, if you're listening now, you're in early. Uh, they could definitely be a team that's a 10 or a 9 and capable of, of, of making a second weekend push. Colorado wins at Stanford, as you noted, up to number 11. Now, at, unranked in the human polls, mm-hmm. but up to number 11 at Ken Palm. They're 2-3 and three in quadrant one, 5-0 oh in quadrant two. So 7-3 and three in the first two quadrants. As somebody who lists, looks at this stuff every morning, that's great. Here's the problem. They got two quad three losses. Why do they got those? Home loss to Utah and then at Washington. How do they lose at Washington? Nobody does that. That's, uh, I mean, it's, I mean, Utah did, but yeah, otherwise. <laughs> the only people that have lost at Washington this year are Seattle, 285 and Ken Palm, <laughs> uh, Colorado, and Utah. I know. that's It's 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 a wart that is going to prevent the buffs, I think, from, uh, that's, listen, that's a classic seed bump loss. You know, seed line bump see- right there. It's a seed line bump situation. And then at the top of the league, you got USC. Um, 16 and three overall, 10 and two in the Pac 12. You know, the preseason AP poll, I went back and looked at it. It was, and you're exactly right. We spend so much time talking about Kentucky disappointing, Michigan State disappointing, Duke disappointing. Arizona State is right in the middle of that. Yep. And I do think, if I can give you credit, we did a dribble handoff several weeks ago. Most disappointing teams in America. I went with Kentucky. Um, David Cobb went with Memphis. I think Strong Jaw went with Indiana, and you went you went Arizona State. Is that right? Yes, it is. And they were disappointing at that point. And they, it's been evident since the start. So I saw them in person at Mohegan Sun when who did they play? Rhode Island. It was the first game of the season, and the, Arizona State won that game. Seen every Rhode Island. Game. That's right. I almost tweeted at you Wednesday night. Because Rhode Island was on CBS Sports Network. And I was like, hey, Rhode Island's playing right now. <laughs> I almost just like dropped it. But I didn't. I was like, eh, I don't need to get too uh, inside baseball with the with the tweets. But anyway, uh, Rhode Island almost beat Arizona State in the season opener. A- ASU won by six. And then ASU lost to Villanova. Um, they looked okay. But they were, you know, right out of the gate, they've kind of had some issues there. And yeah, they're six and nine. Not nice. And uh, have a home game next against Oregon State on Sunday. But it, it, that's a team that has to hope that it can... So, and it's had like it's had 
COVID issues, pauses, like um, like many other teams, but it has kind of run up against it a lot, and that's not helped the situation there. Uh, but it has to hope that its talent can win out and it can somehow get lightning in a bottle and and win the auto bid in the Pac-12 because that's the only chance it's got. And I think it actually, if you ask me to, if you ask me what team clearly not making the NCAA tournament from an at-large consideration has the best chance of doing that, I think it's better than Duke in the ACC. It's better than Kentucky in the SEC. Any other underachieving team, I think Arizona State actually has the best chance of doing that, but I don't think that it's going to. So preseason AP poll, number 18, Arizona State, number 20, Oregon, number 22, UCLA, and then Stanford got votes. So USC was no better than fifth in the preseason, according to AP voters, in the Pac-12. They actually picked sixth in the preseason Pac-12 media poll. Um, they did get one first-place vote. Whoever the media member is who, who voted USC first in the preseason Pac-12 poll, show yourself. I will acknowledge your existence and congratulate you on being correct because that does look like uh, the best team in the league. Um, UCLA, it's just not fair. Chris Smith tears his ACL. Leading scorer last season, second leading rebounder last season. Then Dacian Nix goes to the G League program. UCLA, not an excuse, just an explanation. UCLA is down two projected starters slash NBA players. That's not fair. It's almost like they watched the basketball gods that you always hear about. It's like they watched Mick Cronin just roll through the uh, Pac-12 last season, pick up his first of many John R. Wooden awards, and, and they were like, all right, we got to make this harder for him. You know, we can't just let him have his full roster and play and play Pac-12 competition consistently. That's not fair. It's like when you have to, like, if you're playing basketball with your kids and you say, okay, from now on, I'll just, I'll, uh, I'm right-handed, but I'll shoot left-handed the rest of the day and see if you can keep up then. Or you, like, play Mario Kart against them blindfolded. I feel like they put obstacles in front of Mick Cronin that is inherently, they're inherently unfair. First of all, if you're Mick Cronin and you're better than John Wooden, that doesn't stop you. So, listen, like I'm starting to have some doubts about this. I'm oh. I'm I'm coming I'm I'm coming out of uh I'm coming to an awakening here. You know, I've been led to believe one thing. I went down, I went down this Mick Cronin belief system, and I got myself questioning some things. I'm just I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not there. Yet. I'm not all the way there yet. Let's see what happens. But I don't know. By the way, Mario Kart. Go-to character, N64, who you got? N64? Oh, gosh. I mean, I I know I had one, but, like, we don't, well, I'm on my Nintendo Switch now. Okay. Never played the Switch in my life. All right, who's your go-to Mario Kart Nintendo Switch? Who are you going with? I don't, who are you driving? I, I, don't, I don't have a favorite person. I like to pick Luigi. Okay, so there, there you go. Always been a Toad guy. Toad, absolutely. Make it happen. I just don't, I, don't, I feel like Luigi, like, he is Mario's equal, and yet he doesn't get his name on... On anything. Is he Mario's equal? I think so. It looked just like him. All right. Fair enough. I like, why, why is it Mar Mario's world, Mario's Odyssey, Mario Kart? Like, Luigi. If I were Luigi, I'd be. It'd be like, welcome back to the Iron College Basketball Podcast with Matt Norlander. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, <laughs> I'm here. I talk about Dodo Birds too. Hold on, hold on. If we're being real here on this podcast, for many reasons, Hype being one of them, you're Mario and I'm Luigi. Okay, we're clear on this, right? You're not Luigi. You that there's no Luigi. scenario where I'm Luigi. I am Mario of this podcast. Okay, you you might be Toad. <laughs> no, no to Toad, no shot. You might be Toad. <laughs> I'm not Toad. You're actually, you're kind of built like Toad. I got to be honest here. Here's I am my, Mario. Here's my question: If I got a Nintendo, I don't listen. I'm gonna 
old myself in a hurry here. Just because I got kids young enough who don't care about video games yet, thankfully. Um, not that I'm anti-video game. I'm not, but I know they can be a massive time suck. Um, but if I got a Nintendo Switch. What else are kids doing? You know, playing sports, getting outside. I got We're a frickin- in the middle of an ice storm. I got a freaking drum set. My kids are banging away on it. Love it. All right, here's my question, though. I don't know how the Switch situation works. Okay. If I were to get a Nintendo Switch, can we race against each other? Or Yes. We can. If I get one, okay, so it can work like that. We could play golf against each other. We could do anything against each other. I if might. you want to get if you want to get some <laughs> I might have to is that no, uh, I, Mario Golf is that that's a, that's what you're into too is that a deal No PGA T 2K21 PGA 2K21 okay. it's got TPC Southwind on it so I practice at home and then I have incredible course knowledge when I go out to the course in real life <laughs> I mean sure if you think that's actually helping you <laughs> All right I'll mark it down for the future. Off the Rails podcast, I absolutely love it. I got nothing left on the Pac-12, by the way, so take it away. Okay, I was uh, so in a bit of a glimpse into how my mind works. I'm studying UCLA losing at Washington State. Then I start studying the state of Washington. Then I remember when we were both young, incredible bands came out of that state. Of course. Rank them. Are you going to give me them, or do I have to rank them off the top of my head? I'll give you five, and you rank them. Okay, here we go. I'm going to give you five. I'm going to provide them in alphabetical order. Allison Chains, Foo Fighters, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Foo Fighters is not a Washington band. Yes, Dave Grohl was in Nirvana from Washington. Foo Fighters was effectively uh, formed in California. Okay, but Dave Grohl, the front man is doesn't from Washington. doesn't count. Not a California band. That's like calling uh, Jimi Hendrix and the Experience uh, a Seattle band when two-thirds of the band came from England. doesn't count. Okay, fine. I'll erase Foo Fighters okay. on a technicality. On okay. a technicality, okay. I'll erase Foo Fighters. So now we're dealing with Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. So you're just going grunge era. Um, oh, you want to throw in Candlebox? Candlebox. Listen, listen. Hey, that, those were some. They had some hits, man. Uh, can that's that's it was a, that's it a was it I'll was back to it, it only it was only okay for that time. Send like, me back. If you're still rocking Candlebox in 2021, yeah, I mean to treat you He left her. He left her far behind. <laughs> he left her far behind. That song sends me. Okay. Um, uh, I would say of those. Um, hmm. No love for Screaming Trees either, by the way. Solid. I got Screaming Trees here and Mad Season and Temple of the Dog. Oh, look at you. Okay, well, yeah, we're getting a little uh, good. By the way, hold on. So I, I, won't, those, I won't include those, but I am going to include. All right, I'm going to do top five. And you know, I'll do. I got. I you got, throwing in Mother Love Bone? You're no, about to throw no, in Mother throw Love in, Bone. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm trying to think off the top of my head brands from the, just the state of Washington. So I'm going to go favorite in order. Pearl Jam. One. I figured you'd go with that. I will go Allison Chains two. Uh I will go I'm gonna go off the board here. I will probably go Fleet Foxes three. I will go Nirv oh, man. Nirvana four. Band of Horses five. Soundgarden six. And then Modest Mouse, also from the state of Washington, seven. I'm probably forgetting a pretty good band from the state of Washington off the top of my head, but I know that Fleet Foxes, um, Modest Mouse uh, are in there. Um, 
Yeah, but that's what I would. That's how I would. Pearl Jam with a bullet. They are in my top five favorite bands ever. If you take me back to high school, I would have said Pearl Jam. If you made me go back and listen to the catalogs right now, I think I would dig Alice in Chains more than I would dig the other ones. Alice in Chains is awesome. I mean, just it's uh, love them. Yeah, it's it's they're a strong number two for me. I like to hear that from you. Nirvana's still good as well. Don't get me wrong, but I Alice in Chains is more my speed, just a little bit. Yeah, like I love Little Bitty Lane Staley. Yeah, with that voice. And, and the, with Jerry Cantrell. The harmonies there are incredible. Uh, what's amazing is, you. so you would probably put Nirvana third, right? I guess, although when I, I, I go through these phases every once in a while, it'll be like once every two years, and I'll just say, you know what, I'm going to listen to Nirvana for the next week. I do that. And I just listen to Nirvana albums for the next week. And then I'll just listen to Pearl Jam albums for the next week. And I think if I were to go back and just listen to if I had a Pearl Jam week, a Nirvana week, an Allison Chains week, a Soundgarden week, I think I would probably rank them right now. Allison Chains one, Nirvana two, Pearl Jam three, Soundgarden four. But if but in the nineties, when I was living through this stuff, it was clearly Pearl Jam. Yeah, and how about this? So we both have Soundgarden four. I still like Soundgarden, and objectively, it has the best frontman of those four. Object like Chris Cornell is unquestionably like listen Staley's got an incredible voice Eddie Vedder for better or for worse he spawned an entire generation of pathetic imitators uh Cobain had a had a certain you know emotive desperate desperation that he uh that he communicated in his singing that was great Chris Cornell is the best singer of those four and it's not even close so it's just interesting that the best singer of the four is in our fourth band but even having said that we still I I still really really like Soundgarden and I'm actually due for like I do exactly what you say I actually go through phases where I will just dedicate an entire week to just you know readdressing a band's discography and it's been probably a good four it's probably actually since been since Cornell died um that I've that I've really gone back into it um but i would uh but i'm due for that yeah i went uh, maybe my freshman year of high school guns and roses played the pyramid um on the use your illusion tour and the opening band when it got announced it was guns and roses with soundgarden mm. and i was like who i had never heard of soundgarden it was right after bad motorfinger came out so then i went and bought bad motorfinger i was like i gotta listen to this and it was like and it was uh and so then you get into Soundgarden, and then right after that is when everything else hits and i saw on chris cornell several years later like probably after college he comes back solo show at a small club in memphis and he sings one of the big Soundgarden hits but sings it almost uh just by himself acapella okay almost acapella and and it was amazing because he's a great singer like you could you can we can rank the bands but i'm with you in terms of just singers talented singers chris cornell is 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 number one so he sings it and the whole place is just quiet drop a pin and when he gets through he was like yo that was amazing did you guys you see what i can do <laughs> like he was bragging about his sing, his own singing ability which was uh hilarious uh in the moment so yeah that's the that's the washington state early 90s you think we'll see something like that again? I mean, I guess you do see it now in hip hop. It's like it's right. like Atlanta, right? You know, but um, all I'd those bands like coming it. out of roughly the same yeah. place was pretty wild. And no, it it was, and I'd like to think that we'll have another uh, something like that eventually at some point. But that the way the music industry is right now, um, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, no, and yeah, that's I I will always talk 
music on this podcast. So I appreciate the I appreciate the the diversion. Okay, so that's everything I know about the Pac-12 and about the Washington State music scene, so we'll move on. I have a trivia time from Norlander. Then we're going to get to the final four and one. We're going to do it all next, but first, check this out. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing To grow in your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, shit. what'd it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. Norlander, trivia time. Okay, okay. I mentioned on Wednesday's podcast that Duke, because we were discussing, is Duke going to bounce back? Is Kentucky going to bounce back? And I said, listen, Duke is going to bounce back. They've already got commitments from Pelo Batero and A.J. Griffin, two top 10 prospects in the class of 2021. They are the leader. You go to 24-7 sports, it's like 100% Patrick Baldwin's going to Duke. 100% means It'll be uh, it'll be a, <laughs> it'll be a dead hundred percent means. Do, do you can can you define one hundred percent Norlander? Yes. Okay. So um, it appears, unless the recruiting analysts are fools, it appears that Duke is going to enroll three top ten prospects. So I went and looked it up. Only four teams in the past ten years have enrolled three top ten prospects in the same class, according to twenty four seven Sports. Can you name them? All right. Are they all Duke and Kentucky? Yes. Okay. Two so, Kentuckys and two Dukes. Okay. Uh, three in a class. And how long has it been? Ten years? It's uh, it's it's ten years. Ten like if you count the class of 2020 as a year, and then go back nine more. All right. I'm gonna say the Towns class of 2014 for Kentucky. Not one. Really? No. Look at that. Um, the monk class of 2016, was it? It was, that's very close, but one of those Kentucky players is ranked 11th, oh not in the gosh. top 10. Okay. Zion's class for Duke is one of them. Of course. Can you name the other top 10 prospects in Zion's class? Easily. Cam Reddish. <laughs> yes. Zion, Cam Reddish. Yes. Oh, who's the third? I don't remember. Started with an R. His name starts with an R. Rick? Roger, and then it's a J. It's a J. RJ, RJ, RJ Baskins. Um, all right, RJ. so we also have so that's one of them. Yeah, Cam Reddish, Zion, RJ Baskins, and then what would be the other Duke class that would have had three? It, it, okay, I, I'm not going to tell you because you're going to get this, but it has one player 
who I had completely forgot existed, like as if he were RJ Barrett. Except he doesn't play for the Knicks, and he wasn't the, the third pick in the draft, and he wasn't a first team All American. Uh, how? Uh, oh, you know what? What about? Um, okay, so it's not going to be what I think. Then it's not the Okafor uh, Okafor nope. class. That's not nope. it. No, like Justice Winslow, those guys. Yeah, were t- outside of the top ten. That makes sense because because uh, Tyus was overperformed, uh, and then parlayed that into getting picked, being a one and done. He was not expected to be that. Because um, that's Tyus Jones, current Memphis Grizzly, along with Grayson Allen, current Memphis Grizzly. The 2015 Blue Devils live down the street from me. The other Duke class in the past ten years. I'm trying to think of who else would have been outstanding. I'm I'm. I'm trying to think between, so right before, so how about the only other one that springs to mind for Duke is the Bagley class. That's it. It is. So it would have been Bagley. It would have been Wendell Carter. See if you can name the third one. I would never have been able to get this. Hold on. Who's on that team? Bagley, Carter. Oh, you know who? Oh, I think I know it. Was it Gary Trent? Because he's suddenly gotten awesome in the NBA and I didn't think he'd be good. Was it Gary Trent? That's not right. Nope. It's not Gary Trent. Bagley, Carter. But Gary Trent was on that team, was he not? Yeah, he was. Yeah, Gary, Gary Trent Jr. was on that team. He's not it. Um, I don't know. Who is it? Trayvon Duvall. Oh, my gosh. What happened to him? Is he alive, you think? Yeah, but oh, my. He, I thought he was going to be awesome. Wow. Trayvon Duvall. Forgot about him. Um. Damn. Okay, okay. so now I, name the Kentucky teams. Two of them. One's obvious. Actually, one is obvious, but it is not the most star-studded of the two Kentucky classes with at least three top ten prospects. You said it wasn't the Monk class. Nope. Okay, and it wasn't the Towns class. Nope. So the so the year after that. Um, I'm going back ten years, so like maybe. So it's not, but it's, but okay. So if it's ten years, then it's not, but it's not. Uh, Wall and Cousins don't count. That's more than ten years ago. That's more than ten years, and also I don't believe that had three top tens. Okay, um, I haven't said so. Anthony Davis, of course. Yeah. Anthony Davis, Michael Key, Gilchrist, Marcus, yeah, Marcus Teague, yep. all in the top yep, ten yep, yep. of the That's final rankings according twenty four seven sports. There's one more team. The other team, um, let me just work my way across the decade here. Uh, Noel class, no. It was after Noel. Was, is the other class, uh, you know what, I think if my timeline is correct, the class after that would have been Wiggins's class, which was also Randall's class. Was it the Randall? Uh, was the Randall class who was in that, who was on that team though? Is that it or no? Yes, that's it. it. And, and, and they had, this is, I, I didn't remember it this way. That 2013-14 Kentucky team had five top 10 prospects oh from the God. class of 2013 on it. They signed five of them. Wow. Um, yeah, it's Julius ever, Randall. Are we ever going to see that again, by the way? Uh, okay. Julius well, Randall, yeah. two twins. Yeah, I was just going to say, if it had five, I was just going to, that's exactly what I was going to say, is the Harrison twins had to be on it. Okay, so who else is there? James Young. Okay. Dakari Johnson. Wow. So what's interesting, and I wrote about this um, as it pertains to Duke's next team, likely next team, all four of those teams. So it has only happened four times in the past 10 years where a school enrolled three top 10 prospects. Every team at least went to the Elite Eight. Okay. The, the first Kentucky team was a one seed in the tournament national champion. The second Kentucky team 
actually struggled much of the year. They were 24 and 10 on Selection Sunday. Got an eight seed, beat Wichita beat State, beat Freddie Van Vliet and Ron Baker in the second round, and then went to the national title game. Lost to Connecticut. Yes. Look at you, so you remembering two- the national championship game. Now we're going. That's right. Look at me. Look at me. 2017-18 Duke. That was the Marvin Bagley, Trayvon Duvall, Wendell Carter team. Got a two seed, went to the Elite Eight. 2018-19 Duke, Zion, RJ Cam. Got a one seed, went to the Elite Eight. So I saw one of our editors, I'll leave him nameless, suggested in Slack that Duke is, like, the, the, I think the quote was, Duke is bad right now and Duke doesn't have a future. Duke might be preseason number one next season. Um, I mean, I'm not saying they will be. Let's see what they bring back. But yeah. if they add Palo Pachero, AJ Griffin, and then get a commitment from Patrick Baldwin. Yeah, there's a case. I mean, what what I history know. shows is that that team is going to be awesome. You cannot find an example of a team in the past 10 years that enrolled three top 10 prospects, same class, and wasn't either wasn't awesome from start to finish or eventually got awesome and marched through the tournament. There is no exception to what I just said. How about that? By the way, that? I will put your column in the pod description here. If you want to read GP's uh, thoughts on Duke, it will be in the pod for you to read. You want to get to the final four and one? Let's do it. You want that You want that record update? Update me on the record, please. So last week, we both went 2-2-1. Two, two, and one. Our first push of the season. The push was Bama-Mizzou. It was plus three, and uh, so we both get the tie there. I'm tw- Herb, Jones, Herb, Herb Jones got fouled. <laughs> what do you How want? Can they, you can't just let him ha- foul Herb what Jones. What do you for- want? All right, so I'm 22-21-1, and one, and you are 20-23-1. You got some work to do. All right. Game one, Saturday, noon Eastern, Indiana at number four, Ohio State inside Mark Titus Arena. You can watch it on ESPN, Ohio State minus six. You're really going to inflate his ego like that? Okay. Um, have to. He's a fellow podcaster. Yeah. Okay. Um, could, call, could call it Tate Frazier Arena. Yeah. Well, he, he Carolina guy, though, so I hear you. You said minus six? That's what it says. I'm not, I'm not in charge of making these lines. I, just, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I don't. How am I not taking Ohio State in this spot? Indiana should have been beaten in regulation and then the first overtime at Northwestern. This is Ohio State without any hesitation, and I know you're with me. I might not be. You're with me. I'm laying points with Ohio State. I'm not betting against the Buckeyes. Oh, Chris Holtman, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit. Starts right here. <laughs> no one's willing to call Chris Holtman a good coach anywhere except on this podcast. <laughs> People acting like Chris Holtman doesn't get enough credit. The guy's got the Ohio State job. That's how much credit he got. They offered him a billion dollars a year to coach Ohio State. How much more credit something do you like need? That. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Next game. Indiana, Indiana. Indiana. Hey, despite the struggles, Indiana is on a two-game winning streak. Wow. Do you know they haven't won three in a row all season? I know. I think I predicted on this podcast that it wouldn't. So. I I, th- I actually think I pretty strongly declared that about seven episodes ago. So I'm kind of, this is a big game for me on Saturday. Okay. Okay. So we're both laying points with Ohio state game two, Saturday, noon Eastern number 22 Loyola, Chicago at Drake inside the push a T center. You can watch it on ESPN two Loyola, Chicago minus three. I just feel like Drake's arena has to be named after King Push after what he did to him. By the way, I, I got uh, I got some interesting info on on both these teams. 
Uh, Drake, not named after the rapper. Actually, Nick, that's not true. Nick that's Drake, true. Nick Drake, British uh, folk singer songwriter. R.I.P. Nick Drake actually predates it, and um, they changed the name of the university after Nick Drake died in 1974. You a Nick Drake fan? I'm not a Nick Drake fan. Yeah, I think I'm you... a Pusher T fan. Okay. <laughs> Brighter later. Good record. Seek it out there. Um, I did a story on Cameron Crutwig of Loyola Chicago uh, at the Court Report this week. He is the best player interview I've had in years. I mean, just phenomenal. Uh, we talked plenty about basketball, but once we got onto the topic of his love of 80s bands and 70s bands, and uh, there was stuff in there that, I, that, that we talked about that I didn't even put in the, in the story. Like, First of all, he is obsessed with playing the harmonica, and it's now his life's goal to, to master the instrument. But like in the pregame, how hard is it to master the harmonica? It's it's, it's harder than you might think. <laughs> I don't think it's. It doesn't seem oh, that hard. Okay, let's. Uh, why don't we ship you a couple harps here and see if you can get it going? Then I grew up with a harmonica. With my a dad, har- my dad would randomly play the harmonica. Uh, you know what? I think you got to incorporate that here too. I'm good with it. Um, is it the toughest instrument? No, but there's actually, listen, you listen to John Popper wail, wail away and you tell me what you think. What was funny. I feel like if you gave me a year and said one year from now, I want to see how you sound on a harmonica, I could figure it out in a year. And I can't play any instruments. You Well, listen, it's, it's, it's the, the instrument is set up so that when you blow into it, it's naturally harmonizes. I know how to blow. Exactly. So, yes, you can blowing, get there. I've been blowing. I've been, you can I've, been I've been blowing my whole life. But I'm but I'm talking to Crutwig and I'm and we're talking about his love of harmonica and when you think harmonica and like popular music, there's only one band that comes to mind, correct? Blues Traveler? Correct. So I go to him, I go, "Okay, how much we know about Blues Traveler?" And he's like, he's just rolling with the flow on this interview. He's like, "Yeah, I know some blues. I know some blues." Oh my god, he did no idea. <laughs> well, like what? But Blues Brothers? Yeah, I mean that was like a, a quick little thing, but the the whole point is this guy is impossible not to not to love, and you could and I re, you could see why uh, he's just seen as this wonderful teammate, huge Bears fan by the way. We didn't even get too deep into the Bears conversation. That sounds depressing. Oh well, he grew up in Algonquin, Illinois, so big time Bears fan. Has asked Porter Moser to move practices so that he could watch Bears games. That's my kind of player right there, and and he was afraid to ask it as a freshman, but since his sophomore year. Uh, if there was ever a game uh, where they needed to practice in, in advance of it, and it had to be a Sunday practice around a Bears game, he'd be like, "Can we just can we can we get in early, or can we just can we start practice at like five thirty, Coach? Love. This. I would move practice for him. He seems like a, a future uh, MVC player of the year. He's certainly heading there. He's going to be the uh, he's going to have a third team All MVC uh, season here, and statistically, he's uh, one of only four Valley players ever fifteen hundred points, eighteen hundred, uh, eight hundred plus rebounds, three hundred plus assists, and that's only been done by Hersey Hawkins, Larry Bird, Oscar Robertson. Kind of amazing company there. So he's legitimately a fantastic, one of the most accomplished big men in the sport right now. One of the best players in Valley history. He said that this Loyola team is. Without question, better than the other one. He actually um, he had a couple funny quotes in the story as well. I'll link that as well in the pod description where he's like, we weren't exactly the most intimidating group four years, three years ago. Like, you looked at us, it was like a 6'1 point guard, 6'2 guard. By the way, like Clayton Custer, who was on that team, he's he's like a support staff member on the team now. So it's just it was just funny that he was talking about this and, and like half-jokingly crapping on the team that made the Final Four and saying that this one's a lot better. Keep that in mind. This is a huge, huge 
Huge game for the Valley. We have Saturday and Sunday. I guess we'll just pick one. Um, so the Saturday tip is at noon. I'm as intrigued with this as any. And I will take... You know, I just spent the past three and a half minutes gassing up Loyola. I'm a gimme Drake. Drake has lost two games against the spread so far this season. Uh, yeah, they got the home court. Plus three. Give me the points. I'll ride with Drake. You know, like, it's not even controversial to say that this Loyola Chicago team is better than the Final Four team. The Final Four team on uh, Selection Sunday was 41st at Ken Palm. Yeah. Finished 31st at Ken Palm. This team right now is 15th at Ken Palm, 17-3 and three overall. It's better. It's a better team. They are rolling right now, and it actually will set up for an interesting situation where if they split the series this weekend and Loyola Chicago, for whatever reason were to not lose again until the title game, and then Drake won the auto bid over Loyola in a Valley title game, so you'd have a Loyola team with five losses and say it was like 23rd or 24th in Ken Palm. I don't think it would get in, but it would. It, it, this is potentially setting up to be interesting for both teams depending on how this series goes, but you're right. This team is unquestionably better right now than the team that was uh, headed to the Final Four three years ago. Loyola, 3-3 th- three and three in the first two quadrants with zero additional losses. That's why I have them in the top 25 and one. Basically, 500 in the first two quadrants with no additional losses. That is top 25 good. Drake, 4-0 and oh in the first two quadrants, but they took that stupid quad four loss to Valpo. You, in fairness, you cannot ex- expect, reasonably expect, an MVC school to sweep Valpo inside the Homer and Janet Drew Center, but still, um, it's a quad four loss. That, that dings you pretty good. I- I'll take... I gotta go different from you somewhere, right? I'll take Drake. Sounds good. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm uncomfortable picking Drake inside the Pusher T Center. Seems like something that probably won't work out. Didn't work out for Drake when he tried to get a win against Pusher T. But well, Drake. Drake's the pick. Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, Arkansas at number 10, Missouri, inside Alex Oriaki Arena. You can watch it on ESPN two. Missouri minus one. Missouri That's just got it. Brains beat out, by the way. Yeah, uh, we think of Missouri uh, a bit fraudulent here. What are our thoughts on the Tigers right now? The resume is great. Great. The great. Great. The it's... resume's top ten resume. Really? I think so. Now, like now, getting your brains beat in at at Ole Miss—that's a seed line bump if I ever seen one. But. Missouri's interesting because if you look at the computers, the computers hate Missouri. Like Tennessee fans are are running them, but I just told you 500 in the first two quadrants with no additional losses is base. As somebody who looks at this every morning, that's basically top 25 good. Missouri is six and four in the first two quadrants, five and three in quadrant one. They only have one loss outside of the first quadrant, zero losses outside of the first two quadrants. They have beaten Illinois. Tennessee, Oregon, Alabama. It's a good resume, but the computers don't match it at all. Last five games, lost at Auburn by six. Relatively understandable, still a loss. Get lucky as hell from three and escape a home OT win over a bad TCU team. Missouri won very easily, and if not should have lost. Beat a bad Kentucky team by merely five at home. They beat Alabama last weekend by three and blow a 20-plus point lead in the final six minutes and get lucky as hell again to escape with the win there, and then they get Herb roasted. Jones got fouled. They got roasted at Ole Miss. Mizzou is fade city right now. Hogs all day from the snout. Arkansas 5-5 five and five in the first two quadrants with zero additional losses. As soon as we get done here, I might have to put the Hogs in the top 25-1. and one. 
I think you might have to. They've got a case there. They they should they their non con is absolute trash, but they have done enough to warrant inclusion into the field. <sighs> Who I you take here? I'm going to take Missouri. I'm going to lay the one point with Missouri in the spirit of not having to mess around with the top 25 and one late Saturday night too much. But uh, I like this Arkansas team. I like this Arkansas team. And though I respect Missouri's resume, I'm not ignorant to the computer numbers. And I mean, they just, they just got their brains beat out at Ole Miss. Like I watched it with my own two eyes, half vaccinated Sunday game four Sunday, 1 PM Eastern number three, Michigan at number 21, Wisconsin inside the Orlando Tucker center. You can watch it on CBS Michigan minus one after a long, it's America's most watched networks and network of stars, Michigan minus one after a long layoff. Michigan has been off for 23 days. It'll be 23 days between games when this game, if, and when it, it's supposed to be played as we understand it right now. So it better be played. Um, Michigan's getting one. Big question is just how Michigan laying one. Yeah, that's what I mean. Michigan laying one. The question is how fresh, the team looks uh, also had a note on this in the court report on Thursday. If you have not read it, please go and do so. Um, I'm going to take Wisconsin at home in this spot. That's my least confident pick, but I'll I'll, I'll go with the Badgers here. Um, have been completely just up, down, up, down, up, down, going back to January 20th. Win, loss, win, loss, <laughs> like win, loss. Doing win. All, all, all we do is win. <laughs> it's like all we do is win. <laughs> <laughs> down, down, I, I thought you just randomly broke into all we do is win, 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 no matter yes. what. Yes. Uh, that's not all Wisconsin does, by the way. They actually, they all they did was win, lose, win, lose, win, lose. That's it's just been a pattern. The pattern actually suggests um, that it will be a loss against Michigan. Let's break that pattern. Give me Bucky to win. Taking the Wolverines only because I'm tired of people um, slandering Juwan Howard's team in, in my Twitter mentions. I get this one guy basically every day, certainly multiple times. Like Michigan's third in the top 25 and one. It's Gonzaga, Baylor, and then Michigan. And too often this guy is compelled to tweet me and say, how can Michigan still be number three? They haven't played. And I'm like, I'm not going to punish them because they got because their their governor shut them down or their or because they, the COVID issues within the state. Why would I punish? Would it be fair to punish John Howard's team for things outside of John Howard's control? I say no. So Michigan's number three. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Got no argument from me here. Yeah, why would I? I, I refuse to punish teams because of COVID shutdowns in the in the 2020-21 season. It's only rational. I'm not going to punish somebody because of a deadly virus. It's only rational. I don't. I don't fault you whatsoever. There. All right. Appreciate it. Well, I wish you would t- tweet that guy next time. I'm you not. Say I, I'm not. Get, I'm not messing around with. I'm not messing around with all that stuff. All right. Every uh, once in a while, you need to step in and fight for me. Okay. Do I? Yes. You, uh, you saw Chris Beard get kicked out of a game the other night. You know what he said afterward? He said, "I wasn't really trying to send a message, but sometimes you have to fight for your team." When enough. are you going to fight for your team? <laughs> okay. Didn't need, I didn't realize you needed me to, to cape up for you in your mentions, GP. I need you to get my mentions sometimes. All right. Here's the tour of the weekend that you need to be aware of. Oh, great. Wait until you hear this game that I've picked. <laughs> I, if I gave you 40 guesses, you wouldn't guess it. But we're going to give a special person a shout-out. All right, so Friday, huge, is it? huge A-10 game. It's not the game. This is, this is a heads-up of everything else you need to be aware of. Friday, Bonnie's at VCU, 7 o'clock, ESPN2. Both of these teams 
can reasonably have expectations that they can get into the NCAA tournament. Huge outcome here. Six-game tie in the loss column in the A-10 right now, including St. Louis, which has played like two A-10 games. But whatever. So there four, we are. Four. Exactly. Two and two. They're two and two with two quad three losses. Bonnie's, VC- Bonnie's VCU. We're giving Ever love again. Ever since we got again. those Billiken belts, it's been bad news. It has been bad news. Bonnie's love on back-to-back weekend pods there. Um, okay. Now, before I get to the other games you need to be aware of, a reminder. Let me, let me just stop you for a second. Okay, you realize go. Illinois is at Pinnacle Bank tonight. Yeah, yeah, they're going to win by like 19. It's Pinnacle. Like... Dude, just be careful. Okay, be careful. Uh, they, I don't even think they need to be careful. That's the whole point. I, 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 I root so hard for Nebraska to beat somebody at home, and they never do. Nope, does not happen. Um, never happens. On Saturday, at first of all, GP and I will be on CBS Sports HQ. Oh my God, on, all day on Saturday and Sunday. You're overstating it. We're not on all day Saturday, but we are on. Um, so keep an eye again. Keep an oh, eye. Oh no, on I'm not on. I'm on CBS Sports Network all day. Oh, okay. I'm on HQ Saturday. And then I think we're both on Sunday around. No, it really is all day. It's like from noon <laughs> till midnight on Saturday. Okay. Fair enough. Dial into CBS Sports Network, CGP, uh, and then HQ will be on Saturday. We'll both be on HQ Sunday. But at 1230 on Saturday afternoon, we will have the one-time only top 16 seed reveal, each region of the bracket, top four seeds. That'll be at 1230. Um we might get a small little bit of news here or there as well. We may or may not. I don't know. It's it's going to be Mitch Barnhart, the chair, and Dan Gavitt, uh, senior VP of basketball. So they'll talk about the process. They'll talk about how they've uh, changed things in terms of maybe how they've changed things in terms of evaluation. It will actually, this will be the most informative and necessary one of these we've ever had given the circumstances around the season. That's at 1230 on CBS. Keep an eye on that. Uh, I would expect... Gonzaga to be the number one overall seed, but maybe there's just a tiny bit of intrigue there. Gonzaga versus Baylor. So keep an eye out for that as well. And we'll see if there's a surprise team that lands on the four. We'll talk about it on Sunday night's episode. Uh, granted, uh, if we learn anything, I'm interested to see if they name these regions. That's the other thing. You said you should just keep the regions as they are. Part of me believes that that's going to be weirdly um, misleading for the general audience and they might not do that uh but i don't know maybe they will maybe we'll find out that you know what i'd love borzella and i were talking about this how would you how about this gp would you be in favor one year only and i don't know if they'd be willing to do this i don't know if they'd be comfortable with the idea of of naming them after humans for one year uh given that there's you know, I don't know the money tied to the tournament and all that but we have four hall of fame college basketball coaches that have passed since the last since last year so why not a john T- john cheney region a john thompson region um, uh, an Eddie Sutton region and a Lou Dolson region. Four Hall of Famers that have passed in college basketball. It, it, those are the four exact ones. There isn't a fifth Hall of Famer in the Naismith Memorial that has died. I don't know. What do you think? Decent idea? I, with all due respect to the gentleman you named, yes, all of whom I respect immensely, just go with the East, West, South, whatever. Okay. Like, just keep it keep it simple. There's no need. Like, Midwest has never actually meant Midwest, and East has never actually meant East. Like, Gonzaga could be in the East just as easy as Golden Gate Mike could be in the West. Let's just keep it the same. And they might. Let's, let's mess with everything we have to mess with to pull this tournament off and leave everything else alone. You might be right about that. I get. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they changed it. By the way, the old school uh, fans will remember there used to be a Southeast region before they changed up uh, how these things were named. All right. Uh, elsewhere, games that we didn't touch on before I get to the huge, huge fifth game that you need to be aware of here. Uh, Nova is at Creighton. That's a 5 o'clock tip on Saturday. Probably the most compelling game of the day. Villanova trying to 
continue its its credentials to be a one seed, and Creighton uh, trying to keep pace in the Big East and, and up its game uh, from a seed line perspective there. So keep an eye on that. Tennessee at LSU is a 2 o'clock tip on ESPN. Um, I just want to see what Tennessee team shows up. If, if it makes I'll a, tell you what Tennessee team's showing up. The one dominated by two five-star freshmen who are balling out. They've been now. awesome, without a doubt. We've, we've mentioned that uh, this week, and that's certainly one to keep an eye on there. They came, they came off the bench in the season opener. One played 13 minutes, the other played nine. They combined for 10 points. In the past two games, Ken Johnson, Jaden Springer, both starting heavy minutes. They combined for 91. Jaden Springer just went for 30. If Tennessee's got those two playing like that now? Watch out. Um... Noon, UConn at Xavier. Don't know if James Booknight's going to be available, but UConn is barely an NIT team without James Booknight and clearly an NCAA tournament team with him. We could have an interesting situation with the Huskies depending on if they can win once Booknight returns. Xavier's coming off of a lengthy pause as well. Another team like Michigan that's eager to get back and it's going to be playing. That's a noon Fox tip. Uh, I find is, that- is, is Xavier the most off-the-radar two-loss power conference team in America? Uh, without a doubt. I mean, yes. It's played one game in the past month. So, yes, the answer to your question is yes. Without a doubt. And the two losses are to Creighton Seton Hall? Like, they're not bad losses. Yeah, I know. They, they, they don't have great wins, but like, 11-2 and two, told power conference, totally off the radar. Yep. That's a noon tip. Uh, also noon, uh, as you mentioned before, alongside it is Indiana at Ohio State. And then at 2.30, Fox, you'll have Iowa at Michigan State. Michigan State almost beat Iowa on the road, like, what, almost two weeks ago or whatever? Um, keep an eye. Michigan State, its at-large chances have basically been extinguished. Uh, it needs to win this to, to resuscitate itself in any sort of way. One o'clock tip, Oklahoma at West Virginia. Doesn't, the game really doesn't mean anything, but it's two really good teams, so it could be interesting. And then UNC plays at Virginia at 6 o'clock on ESPN on uh, Saturday nights, And Virginia's... It can work its way to the one line, but that's a game it's got to win. So just keep an eye on that. And then Loyola Drake, the second game, just so you know, on Sunday. That's a 3 o'clock tip on Valentine's Day. Cannot wait. By the way, I have not gotten my wife anything for Valentine's Day yet. It's Friday. Dude, you handle I that situation? Order. All I got to do is get stuff delivered to my wife's store. And I'm I'm cool as school. I promised, her, I promised her. So she wants to install these floating shelves downstairs. You have shelves that float? You've never heard of a floating shelf? No. Come on. Never seen like you. You've never like done a, a drive-by on HGTV. The the term floating shelf or floating shelves is dropped at least once every twenty-five minutes. Well, why would I watch HGTV? <laughs> like honestly, answer that question. Why would I watch HGTV? Because you're married. Like what? <laughs> there are there are hundreds of men listening to this podcast right now, nodding along, and women also nodding along, because HGTV. It's one. HGTV is one of those channels where. If you, not, you don't even need to watch it intently, but having it on in the background, it's just like it's just it's it's uh, it's like comfort food kind of deal. What? What we, is it even about? What goes on on oh HGTV? I can't get into this right now. What do you mean? What is HGTV? <laughs> we did this like last. We did this like a year ago to the day when really? I went to Baylor. Talked about what the what oh, are yeah, those people? Oh boy, they're coming for us. We can't remember what their names are. Hold on, what are they? They're uh, Joanne, Chip, and Joanne. Chip and Chip. They're, chip. I knew Chip. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what HGTV is. I, I, I genuinely have no idea. Before I get to this final game, I have to share this one thing. That what is a floating shelf? It's like you see, you see my HQ hits. Yes, you have. We've been on together. I mean, maybe. Okay. Maybe. So the the things behind me that I've got the books on, those yeah. are and and the bass, those are floating shelves. 
But do they float? Like actually they, float? Yes, it's they're 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 into the wall and there's no apparatus holding anything below them, and so they they're effectively yes, you you screw them. Well, into I could the wall. nail my kid to the wall. It doesn't mean he's floating. Yeah, you it have just a floating child. To the wall. Well, that's also true. I mean, that got really that's dark. misleading. That got, that got it's dark not a floating hard. shelf. It's a it's a piece of wood nailed to a wall. My, so we got this. We got this. Talking about floating shells. We got this. Uh, if it doesn't float, it's not a float. We got anything. We got a. We got a new car like back in September, right? And so when you get the new car, this ties to Valentine's Day real quick. Because I can't believe my wife told me last night. She, we get the, we get the new car, and you get the the courtesy four month Sirius XM subscription, right? And they do that so that you'll like it enough that when it expires, you'll get it again. Well, this happened the previous time when my wife had a lease, and. And so I just, I mentioned to her, I was like, okay, we're getting the notice. Like we haven't had it for a, a month or whatever. I just haven't renewed it, whatever. So we've been dealing with, um, with terrestrial radio and all that stuff. So I go, I go, all right, well, we got a good promo here. Um, it's like, it says it's four ninety nine for the next 12 months. That seems pretty good uh, for, for this. And she go, she proceeds to, uh, to kind of just like off the cuff. Um, and she's like, yeah, that's, that's definitely good. We want to take advantage of that because it didn't work last time what I wanted to do. And I said, "Well, what did you what did you try and do with the with the with the Forester last time?" She's like, "I just kept waiting for them to keep reducing it. So it, I would get one, and it would be like seven ninety nine a month, and then it was six ninety nine, and then it was four ninety nine, and I think they went to three ninety nine. But I, I thought internally, that's not good enough. I want it free. And I said, "That's not how business works." I said, "You were waiting for them to continue doing this, and they were going to eventually be like, all right, you know what? You got us.'" We're just going to give this to you for free. free. We're just going to give you satellite radio for free. So I was in tears laughing because she 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 soon realized how ridiculous this was. But it was one of those deals where like she kept getting the mail or the email update and she'd be like, all right, decent. All right, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold out. And and then it never got free. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not caving. The the best case scenario. Here's what they might actually do is free for six months and then $9.99 a month if you don't cancel in time and you'll never cancel in time. Nobody has ever in the history of the world canceled in time. The idea that you would hold out until someone gives you something for free (laughs) is not how the economy works. It's not how business works. I'm so in love with my wife. She's amazing. So I did also renew her uh, our Sirius XM deal. I uh, got it four ninety nine a month, and I, that's our, also part of the Valentine's Day thing. Okay, I've been rambling too long. Fifth yes, game. Fifth game. We got to give a shout, okay? Bill Potter, this is for you. You know Bill? Of course I know okay, Bill. What are you so, talking about? So all but maybe, you know, the people that work in college athletics that, that listen to this podcast, no one knows who Bill Potter is. Bill Potter... Uh, is the outgoing... That's a uh, great way to introduce somebody. What? <laughs> hey, let me just being real here. ever heard of. He's, he's cracking up right now. Listen to this. So he is leaving his post as the chief comms director of the CAA, and he's actually leaving college athletics altogether. My man's going to go uh, do some work uh, with with a nice little gig, new gig uh, at, a, at a golf resort in the state of Virginia. So, Bill, congrats on... Uh, on the new uh, on the new road ahead, but you are and he is one of the very best people on that side uh, to work with in all of college athletics. So he's getting a shout. He has a great. You mentioned Valpo before. Before I get to the game, he used to work with the Horizon League, uh, and he knows we've been on this kick about you know renaming the uh, the Athletics Recreation Center, uh, Homer and Janet Drew Arena. But they are no longer the Crusaders. That came down. That's a little bit, bit of news. That came down Thursday. Uh, yeah, at the, at the risk of sounding dumb, why is Crusaders 
offensive? Because there was much pillaging and negative connotations with it. They put out a whole, like, the, the Crusades was a pretty aggressively dark period uh, that dealt with a lot of inhumane things. So that is the reasoning behind it. And so, Okay, good enough for me. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I actually enjoy it for this, for this specific reason. It gives us yet another chance to have a kick-ass moniker. Let's go with something new and different. Right now, it's just Valpo or Valparaiso for the rest of the year, and who knows when they're going to... Why can't they be the Valpo Drews? Exactly. No, here's what... Here's This is exactly Homer what... Homer can be the mascot. Bill suggested one of these three. He said the Valparaiso Homers, which love yes. it. Imagine doing that, and then you've got all this like Homer Simpson stuff in the, in the, in the student section going forward. Cool one. The, uh, the Valpo Drews, or his... His serious suggestion, and I do love this one. I think this is a brilliant one. The Valpo Pacers. And Pacer is the name of the play that Homer drew up that Bryce hit to win the tournament game. The Valpo Pacers is a great recommendation. Let's make it happen, right? I'm for the Valpo Homers. Okay. But I'm but I'll settle for Pacers, sure. Pacers were there's no Pacers in college athletics. Uh, and you know, obviously, in that in that state of Indiana, I think it, it you know I think it works wonderfully. I don't know if there would be any sort of issue with uh, the Indiana Pacers or not. I would think not. Um, so there we go. So with that in mind, the fifth and final game since he is outgoing in the CAA, I got a CAA tilt for you, and it's a good one. Twelve and seven Hofstra at eleven and five. James Madison. Jimmy Mads! GP, Jimmy Mads. How about this? The Flying Dutchmen have won six out of seven, and the Dukes have won five straight. This is a legitimately good colonial uh, matchup there. Trivia time! Come on. Last time, James Madison made the NCAA tournament. That was... um, I know it was during the Crusades. (laughs) It was the... It was 2013, which might as well be the Crusades for how we've been living the past year. Hofstra last made it, 2001. Its coach was... Hofstra... Ooh, I do know this. Hofstra made it in Jay Wright. Correct. Jay Wright was the coach the last time Hofstra made the tournament. They were the Flying Dutchman in 2001. Technically, technically... Oh, boy. I know where you're going. Hofstra made the tournament last year. We just didn't have a tournament. They made it. I was there. The last basketball game I've ever been to. Yeah. <laughs> like the last time I was at a basketball game, it was Hofstra Northeastern in Washington, D.C. on March 10th, 2020. Hofstra secured the CAA automatic bid. I celebrated with them. Probably caught COVID. You just didn't know it. <laughs> Almost certainly caught COVID. And flew home the next morning. Rudy Gobert tested positive that night, and I have not been to a basketball game or on a plane since. How this is called podcast synergy. Amazing. I honestly thought this pod was going to be like 40 minutes today. This is one of my three God. favorite episodes. We've I, done needed, I needed it to be. I 40 know. Minutes we're today. almost done, but this has become one of my three favorite shows of the season so far. Okay. It's a 2 p.m. tip on Saturday. The Steve Hood Center on Linton Towns Court. JMU minus two. Who ya got? Man, I'm not picking against Hofstra. I'm riding with Hofstra. The pride. I'm, of course you are. I, I, I saw them secure a bid to the NCAA tournament. I witnessed it. You did. I'm not picking against the late, great Leroy Moore's alma mater. Okay? James Madison all the way. Let's go, Dukes. 
here we go. Two o'clock tip Saturday. So we disagree yet again, but I dig it. That's your weekend All right, can, all right are we are we done here? I got I got so much to do. We gotta get the hell out of here. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Bill Potter. Thank you guys for listening once again. Middle of the dumbest pandemic. This, this is the worst one. Get out of here. Let's go. Is the worst one. Is the worst one by far. We start if we start ranking see Washington bands. That's that's hard Let's to figure go. out. We, we could argue about that one. You start ranking pandemics. This is the worst. This is the worst one I ever seen. If you're not subscribed yet, please go subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And we will talk to you again on Sunday night. Till then, take care. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.